in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Top 10 here on the Top 10 channel and the Top 10 podcast channel. Mm-hmm. I'm the outlaw, John Roca. Uh, were you about to say Outlaw Nation or something? Is that why? <laughs> not at all. Not at you've all. Ever st- <laughs> you said, uh, I, yes, it is on the Top 10 channel and podcast feed. And welcome <laughs> into everybody that uh, is joining us uh, live here on the, the show itself. And if you want to join yeah. us live, we do this twice a week or twice a month, rather, on the second and fourth Thursdays of the month. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 and join at the $10 tier and above. And you get to join us twice a month. Uh, so welcome to everybody that is, uh, joining us on the uh, live feed and, uh, how are you newly retired <laughs> enjoying your AARP benefits <laughs> a little bit? Uh, yeah, it's been nice. Um, it was an interesting experience for sure. A crazy experience. Um, a little unsatisfying in that I didn't play a damn good match and I've been kicking myself in the ass ever since for days afterwards. So I feel like I let the fans down a little bit by not giving a a banger of a match. Uh, and, you know, the truth is I just got overwhelmed, man. I just uh, walking out there, seeing all that stuff, really grasping the fact that it was over. I think, Matt, it just got the best of me. And in the end, I just wasn't too focused at times and during the match. And that kind of cost me in critical moments. He was It was there. Uh, and I'm, you know me, I'm a competitor and I hate to go out in that manner. Uh, but the reception from the fans, the reception afterwards, the speeches, of course, having you show up at the beginning was such a great uh, a moment there and leading the t- uh, crowd in a chant of top 10 Bume was a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, and Mansa's words and everything like that. So, you know, afterwards now I'm, I'm trying to put away the fact that I kind of blew the match and trying to focus more on the love I got, but it's tough as a competitor. It's tough to kind of let go of the match. So I'm kind of navigating that uh, right now in my, in my head, you know, in my emotions. Yeah, it seems like a, a good moment in the the room itself. Is that out for people to see? Yeah, I think it. Well, I mean, look, people know, so I don't know. Yeah, by the time this comes out, it'll be. I think it'll be out in public for people to see. And I sure as hell I'm not sitting on this for four weeks till they drop the match. That's ridiculous. I'm not doing that. So I'm retired. I have no restrictions. Uh, I think the contract is up, so I don't have to worry about anything. Oh, officially, you're contract with skybound is over yeah i think so so i can say what i like about it uh you know so i'm gonna have okay uh, let's get the real dirt then john (laughs) you're not restricted anymore what have you been holding back buddy no no i'm saving that for the outlaw nation show tonight as we're recording this it'll be down it'll be on the outlaw nation show i'll be doing a little kind of retrospective on the career but also talking about my time at schmodown spectacular and what everything i went through as i was navigating all that so yeah so hell of an experience that's for sure um but again man thanks again for coming out i know it's not the easiest thing to drive to downtown and deal with all that nonsense but i appreciate you doing it man uh what was your experience being like though man parking was the only issue whatsoever yeah uh i try never to pay for parking but downtown (laughs) it's just like eh, on a Saturday that yeah, you're paying for parking. I found a $10 lot 
Oh, instead of the one they were directing to, which is like 15 or 20 bucks or something. And yeah, like, it was 15. Some, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's got to be something cheaper. The one block over, there was a $10 lot. I was like, I'm fine with that. Uh, it was fine. Them. It was, it, yeah. I mean, it was hectic. Uh, yeah, right. It was crazy. And it was, you know, I walked up, saw Christian. I was like, all right, just tell me, where's my mark? Because I knew I wasn't <laughs> doing anything. And he's like, this is what I think we're going to do. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I found the woman that was directing everybody where to go. And I was like, Hey, I'm supposed to go somewhere else, I think. And then she told me something that was completely different from Christian. And I'm like, hold on, explain that to me again. I had to, I had to explain to me three times. I'm like, all right, that's just so you know, that is totally different from what I heard, but that's fine. Just tell me where I need to go. Yeah, because I think you're supposed to come down in the front. Then we were yes. going to walk up together. But then when I didn't see you there, I was like, all right, I'm just going to walk. I did the whole hand thing up in the air to kind of cover the fact that no one was there. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to walk up. And then you yeah, showed that's up what... behind my back. And I was like, oh, there he is. Yes. Boom. Yeah. Christian explained it as that, but yeah. also that I was going to be on stage uh, left where that entrance is. Right. And I was like, well, that's two conflicting things. And then she was like, no, you're going to be on stage left. And then you're going to go up when they're on stage yeah. already. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the camera was supposed to flip to me before he goes on to stage. Cause it's like, oh, big surprise. And then you go on stage. But I was like, <laughs> whatever, just tell me where you want me to go. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, it, it was fine. It was, uh, it seemed like, uh, everybody enjoyed it, had a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah. so good yeah. matches. I didn't show up until the third one had ended. Uh, so I got oh. there right, bef- you know, right, right as that was happening, and then into intermission. So I didn't right. see any of the previous. Yeah, uh, but you know, I'm glad I got out because I was talking to a few people in factions, and they're like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. we have study groups a couple times a week." And I'm like, "To get the fuck out of here with that!" No, you, you could see it, man. In that final yeah. match, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there were yeah. some questions where I'm like, "Unless you're studying, I, yeah. I would be amazed if you knew that answer just off the top yeah. of your head." Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why I, I you know, I took at the land, I look, took a look at the landscape and I said to myself, to be a part of this, I am going to essentially have to create a second job, a second job to uh to be good at the Schmodown now because the level of studying here is off the charts, absolutely yeah. off the charts. And so that's what's leading to these great matches. And look, I hadn't played a match in months, dude. I was nowhere near uh play ready or anything like that but still i knew almost all the answers even game of death i had it in my head i just talked myself out of it which happens sometimes in matches but like i I was still able to play so my knowledge is still there it's just those little extra questions that could be the difference between you winning and losing and i do not have the time or the desire to spend the hours upon hours upon hours that some of my friends who are a single or b unemployed or C, have a certain level of dedication that I used to have way back in 2016 to be able to spend every waking hour studying every little movie, watching every movie. Yeah. You know, I'm still a person who never watched one movie for the Schmodown. I've never done that. If I have an interest in the movie, I'll watch it. If I don't, I'll just study the particulars and get that in my head, which is not difficult to do. And so that's the kind of approach I had. And so I took a look at the landscape, man. I'm like, yeah, I, I yeah, no, I'm good. Like, I, this is yeah. a level of commitment that I don't have. And I have to be fair to myself and to the game and not just keep hanging on for a payday uh, to keep playing. Because Christian offered to increase my money next year. And I was like, ah, no, it just doesn't make sense, you know, uh, for me. Yeah. But I mean, you know, for those, because a few people, when they were like, yeah, we know we have our study groups. They really enjoyed it. It was oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. It bonded them as a team. Yes. Uh, I heard it from more than one. Uh, but it was literally, I mean, I have no idea what's going on anymore. 
<laughs> like none whatsoever. And there are people walking past in costumes and I'm like, yeah. okay, so what they're in a faction, right? What faction is that? I do love, I saw uh, Tom and I'm like, I love oh. that you're referred to as Gucci and it's team Gucci. And you really, I've told him since way, way back when I think he yeah. has the best handle on his character. It's nothing gets anyone oh, yeah. else's. It just, no. he lives. Yeah. Bobby Finstock. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that he got all of that, just ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Good for yeah. him. And look, look, we had eight, eight, seven or eight rookies on our team and we almost won the whole damn thing. Like we were, we went into that, uh, that night with a 10 point lead. Uh, and if anybody wins a match, either Griffin or the, or King Arthur or Kalinowski loses the belt, that went what five, six rounds of sudden death. We would have uh, won the title, but everything worked out for corruption they got the victories they needed to get. And in the end, that was the game. You know, that was, there's nothing you could do about it. But, you know, I think Finstock did a great job this year and all of us involved with the faction did a great job this year. And yeah, dude, they were on study groups like crazy. Craig had study sheets and Excel spreadsheets and yeah, all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, bro, I love you, but I can't do it. I just no. can't do it. There was, know? yeah, there was a question in the final match. And I won't yeah. say what it was or say yeah. what the answer was or even hint at the movie. But I had never heard of the movie, and it's from a person of a stature where I'm pretty sure I know or have seen yeah. the vast majority of what they've done. Yeah. And I was like, I've never even heard of that movie. And yeah. you're, you're telling me you know the director of it? Yeah, that's or someone who is internationally <laughs> famous and has been part of my life since 1990, 1991, yeah. something, somewhere along those lines. Yeah. And I have never heard of this movie. And you can tell me the director. That's when I was like, I'm so happy that I don't have anything to do with any of this anymore. Yeah, that's the danger of it all is is that's the kind of wormholes that you have to put yourself into when you're studying is finding those little things like that. And you're just like, and you can't even discount it. And so to me, yes, the questions have gotten a lot harder for sure once you've gotten to the later rounds. Mm-hmm. So there's a danger in that, in that, yes, the people who actually study like crazy and do all the things that they do and all of that and get really deep into it, they're the ones that are going to have the advantage. But the audience watching, I don't know. And, I, you know, you're seeing the numbers go down on the matches. You're seeing the numbers go down uh, in certain things. And you wonder if they're making it too much of a almost pseudo fan league. And that's where my concern lies mm. with the Schmodown is they're turning it into, oh, you have to be a super, super, super film geek. So that player, so that people watching can't necessarily play along and there's a joy in that, right? When we watch sports, hidden behind the criticism is this idea that you feel like that person should do better or could do better. If you had opted to, you do better. You would show up and give the energy. Ah, that I think that's always any person that tells themselves that is yeah, but lying to themselves so thoroughly. Of course, it's not even but, funny. But fans are logical. I just think that's what's bubbling at some layer in the in maybe in the sediment level of I mean, of uh, fandom is that. They yeah, want to be able a, to play along. Yeah, there's a, I mean, a, a great quote from Michael Beasley floating around today, where oh, every ten seconds a new person is born that I'm better at basketball than, and you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. I, uh, <laughs> I had a that's former great. player on dropping dimes, and he was like a twelfth man. You know, he yeah. hung on in the league for four or five years, but I was like, hey, look, man. Because he was downplaying, and I was like, "Yeah, but of, you were one of 450 players, yeah, in the world, right? 
that could play at that level, which means you're better at basketball than 99.9% of the people that will ever pick up a ball, even if you can't hang with the elite of the elite, yeah. you're still better than everybody else. It's fine. It's fine. I think he genuinely appreciated that, just the context of, dude, it's, it's not even close. You were better than that than any sport that I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and you watch that, you talk to those, and, and he couldn't even start. Your your yeah, guy couldn't even guy, play, right? Couldn't even play. couldn't even play. I, I I don't think he logged more than a couple minutes here or there in garbage yeah. time. But yeah. still, way better. It's like the Scalabrini series where a bunch of people oh, called him yeah. out and he made a TV show about it, yeah. and he just whooped up on uh, three different people. I mean, one of which was a rec league star. Another dude played internationally. Another dude played in college in D one. Yeah, and uh, the two, you know, the semi professional and the professional knew that Scal was better. But they're right. like, I think I could give you a game. And then the rec league was, of course, all bravado. And he crushed all three. And he hadn't been <laughs> in the league in five years. It's like, yeah, there's a reason. Yeah, exactly. There's the dude who couldn't even get run is still better. Yeah. Uh, and it's all it's, you know, it's it's all the little things, just like it is in Schmodown, like knowing oh, the yeah. best way to study or knowing how the game goes, uh, just understanding, you know, the base fundamentals of it. And writing the up and the ups and downs, Matt. The ups and downs are so important as well. I mean, not every, I mean, dude, dude, seven seasons of this shit. You know, you've been by my side on these things. Like the emotional shit I put into this, like it's exhausting. Yeah. And as I've gotten older, it just takes more out of you. To, look, the fact that it's Thursdays we're recording this, and I'm still beating myself up over the match is ridiculous. Like it's this is not important. This is real. It's movie trivia. No. I, sh- I shouldn't be going crazy about this. The world is fucking falling apart, and all this stuff is happening in the world and shit. And I've got an awesome girlfriend. I've got a burgeoning channel. We've got our show. I've got other shows. That's the important thing. But like the competitive nature of it is so deep inside of me that losing in that way is still kind of haunting me five days later. And that's not healthy. So that's something I could never come to terms with. And so for me, it's not the game that's the issue. It's me and my approach to the game and where I'm at. And I just can't go through it anymore. So once this residue washes off of me, I'm going to be 100% happy to be out. You know, look, I, I told Lindley that night, mm. I think you're you're Sugar Ray Leonarding, uh, Leonarding this, which is nope. you'll re- retire and then unretire and then retire. <laughs> he and told then me you said that and I was like, you're insane. I'm not. I, no, I'm not. I'm I told not. you that beforehand, but I was I like, know. that's look, do I think he'll stay? That's what I told her flat out. I was like, do I think he'll stay away for a while? Yeah, I do. I genuinely think he needs time off. <laughs> yeah. Do I think he's fully <laughs> retired? No fucking way. No chance. You're insane, no dude. You're, You're Sugar insane. Ray in this. No way. In like man. two years, Christian's gonna Godfather offer you, <laughs> and you're gonna come back. I, yeah, two years is what I give him. Oh no, dude, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I can't. I and I don't want to be two years from now in a position where I need to come back and do this. That's it's not even thing. a need. It's That's a want. Thing. It's a oh, I'm better than these assholes. I never resist a challenge. You're right about that, but I have to be. I have to be smart. Oh, even groundwork already. Even Christian was like, uh, "What did he say to me before when I was considering?" He's like, "Oh yeah, when I was really considering, I was on the fence about it when I first brought it up to him." And he was just like, "Well, I'm just saying." And he sent me a picture of Marisol with the belt, who's an awesome champ. She's defended the belt now at two live events against yeah. two very tough opponents. She deserves all the credit in the world. Uh, and he's like, what if I set up the outlaw versus Marisol? I, said, I would always love to know if I can go toe to toe with whoever has the belt. And, and I said, but like to make that like, happen, I'd have to come back in the league, play a bunch of matches. And he's like, I'm not, Oh, I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's necessarily the way we're going to go. 
as we go forward with the sh- with the competition. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, and, look at that. Yeah. Uh, it might be less than two years, guys. <laughs> I mean, if you start turning it into the WWE and UFC where like, you know, the owner decides who or WWE rather, not really UFC because you still have to fight matches and win matches UFC. But like in WWE where you're like, you know what? It's your turn to step up. Now yeah. you get a shot at the belt. That's a different approach. But if you're making people earn their shot at the belt, that's what it is now. That's a whole nother game. But if you're making, if you're bringing in people to challenge the champion to work a program, that's interesting. That could be the Brock Lesnar of the Schmodown. I got no problem with that. I can't go back full time. Well, though. of course, who doesn't want to? Hey, hey, do you want the escalator to the mountaintop? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I do. I don't want to have to be with the Sherpas, you know, lugging the yeah. gear. Yeah. Just, Can you just, just get me safe me over the top? Drop. Yep. <laughs> Just drop me straight. No problem. I like it, though. It could just be like a Joe Lewis. She's Joe Lewis, and it's a barnstorming tour against former champs and stuff <laughs> to pad her record. And she's just beating up a bunch of old men. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I she's wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to on stage. I figured it would steal focus, so I didn't do it. Oh. But I wanted to do the, you know, the Ace Ventura in the second one where he compares the pain. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted you for your side, like, hey, cheers, and then turn to Dan and be like, boo, uh, hey, just go back and forth. But that would have been fun. You should have done, done, done it. Come set on, up would have taken too long. And it steals focus. It's not about, <laughs> it's a, uh, what's you it? Someone asked brain. me, he's like, why didn't you soft shoe on your way out there? And oh, I was like, yeah. It's not about me. That's right. This is about going this guy, and that's precisely what I did. That's that was my role. Let me let me. Uh, who asked you if you should did, did bit me on? Who who asked you to stop? Because I'm like, yeah, that's the kind of person that would think to do that in that moment to make the moment. No, 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 it was a non non competitor. Oh, fan. okay, okay. But they were like, why didn't you say that would have been great if you soft shoot out there? And be like that's not that's not the point <laughs> of today. If it was my triumphant uh, return. Yeah, I'll soft shoot or do some stupid shit, but yeah. Maybe we should have done our dance coming off the stage. Like what, that old, what, that old what dance we did. Remember when we did it in front of for in front of the action army guys? We did our dance in front of them before oh. the promo. <laughs> I'd I'd have to see it again. I have a yeah. vague recollection of what it was. <laughs> That's been so long. It's been so long. Somebody yeah. said something to me because there were uh a few people yeah. that came up and they were like, Oh, that one time you said that, and I was literally like, I have no recollection. <laughs> What you're of saying. that i only remember one thing i ever said that made me laugh on the inside so i was like yeah. oh that stuck with me but the others are like i don't remember the black slimming co- comment is still the number one comment for me yeah i don't i don't remember <laughs> saying that <laughs> like black supposed to be slimming oh who did i say that to just the snyder <laughs> the during snyder. our first it was our first <laughs> match against them and against the patriots and he said uh, uh i think black's supposed to be slimming guys <laughs> both came out and they- <laughs> i don't remember that uh, I remember telling the only one I remember is telling uh, Snyder that he looked like he preferred his Coke stepped on because <laughs> he was dressed like an asshole. And I was like, that made me laugh in the moment. I didn't I didn't break up, but I was like, that's I like that. I'm proud of myself. For uh, that. That's brilliant. That's yeah, fucking it brilliant. stuck with me. And I've now used that joke a couple times since. Yeah, Christian's crazy. I mean, he wants to have like a um, what do they call it? A pro tour. What's the what's the Lee Trevino tour? He wants to have the, the that's a seniors tour. tour. Yeah, the senior yeah. has to have a seniors tour <laughs> and set up and like you reunite the Patriots, reunite me and you against those guys. Like I'm like, I dude, please, uh, only for a certain amount of money, man. I don't I don't want to do it. I mean, I, I I did it for two three years for free, bro. You know, you did it for free for so long. Only recently do, are we able to get any kind of money out of it. I think I only got paid once. 
for the 30 something times, 40 something yeah. times I had to show up or do a match. I think I only got paid one time ever. Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. That's so, part of it. Anyway, well, it was part of it. Now yeah. they rightly get paid. I, yeah. I, I don't, get, you know, whatever. I agree uh, to it. So I'm not complaining. Exactly. Exactly. How are, how are things otherwise? Anything else before we jump into our uh, big, long discussion? Alex Russell hanging out with us right now. Three people hanging out with us live. Uh, what do you got? Uh, no, nothing, nothing really. Okay. I mean, I'm okay. looking forward to the upcoming slate of films and this one in particular, this one yeah. along with a few others. Um, and I'm about to sit down and do the big Oscar push of, I need to see, you know, 10, 15 different movies. Yeah. Plus we'll have our end of year show at some point in January. We need to be, you know, prepped for that. Uh, yeah. Make sure that I've seen enough to do our, my favorites of the year type of thing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, I mean nothing too out of the ordinary, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, yeah, we're we're planning our trip back home or back to my uh, my mom's house uh, or mom's town, my old town. Jeez, I don't even know how to say it. How, what do you say? It's not my home anymore. This is my home. Well, so I'm planning hometown? my trip back to my hometown. Yeah, my hometown, my hometown. Um, we're figuring that out. Uh, what we're going to do with that and with this Omicron variant, is that going to affect? The traveling, so a little concerned about that. But um, I mean, the fact that I did a whole expo at that Schmodown with my mask down or off three quarters of the time with everyone else having their mask off sometimes coming up to the table and I didn't die. I'm like, OK, well, maybe I'm all right. I was the only one you wearing know. my mask. Oh, really? The whole time you were there? <laughs> Pretty much. I yeah, mean, there were a yeah. few spots down below uh, where there weren't many people. Yes. So I'd take it off around that. But if you went down into the green room. Like it was me and Ken and like two other people in there. And yeah. 10 minutes later, there was 30 people in that tiny ass space. And yeah. I put my mask back on. I, you know, wore it a decent amount everywhere else. But yeah, I know you had yeah. to be vaxxed to get in. You did. You did. And, still. and we had to write a COVID, uh, had to fill out a COVID waiver that if we got it at the event, we couldn't sue Skybound or Schmodown. So, um, oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't have to fill that out. Wow. Well, yeah. I think maybe because you were just popping in, flying in, flying out. So if I got COVID this week, I could sue Skybound and the venue. Yeah, you should have been made to fill out one of them. <laughs> I didn't do know. anything, dude. I walked straight in. Of course. <laughs> one person uh, stopped me. Like, I walked past security because we were all looking. There was a fight that erupted across the street. Oh, really? Holy shit. Cops showed up. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. So then I was like, I gave this weird look Ugh. to the security, and they gave me a weird look back of like, I don't know. And then I just walked right past them and I woke, saw somebody at the front and they're yeah. like, Hey, can I help? And I was like, I'm supposed to be on. And I don't know, sometime soon. Mm. And then some woman came and got me and I walked straight in. I didn't. It's probably Megan. If she was blonde, it's probably Megan. Uh, yeah. She was blonde wearing a camo jacket. Yeah. I think that was Megan. She runs the show there when things are going. Now she's a great uh, stage manager for everything we do there. Oh, she was good. I told her that jacket yeah. was fitting because she marshaled people right into line <laughs> when they had to go. Yep. When she had to get all the, outlaw people or whatever oh yeah 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 like they were all kind of lollygagging and that she literally yeah you know eins vi stamped her feet together and they all like little ducklings got in the line <laughs> and followed her up it's like that it jacket is really fits you well yeah she was great she's always great it's always great i hadn't seen her in two years bro so it was great to say i didn't see a lot of people two years uh when i showed up i, I didn't even think about that because to me it isn't like it isn't like i haven't seen people do you know what i'm like i know you still have this yeah, yeah. Like seeing you, I wasn't like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in person. Yeah. I was just like, hey, what's up, dude? Great to see you. 
but it wasn't like, oh my god, you know. So like, so, yeah, there were a few people that I had not seen or talked to in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. by and large, everybody I've I've seen the preponderance of them over Zoom on some capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it was still nice to catch up and then got to meet a few people that I've only met on Zoom. So, oh, cool. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, it's a pleasure to meet you and uh, yeah. to put some faces to names of people I've interacted with online. I had the same thing. Steph Sabra, I had never met before, and she hosts some stuff on SEN, and we had been on shows together on SEN, but I'd never met her physically in person. And it didn't even occur to me until she came up to me, and she was like, oh, my God, it's so great to finally see you in person. And it was like, oh, yeah, shit, I've never seen this person actually in person. It just didn't yeah. even occur to me, man. But, um, but, yeah, it was weird. I was just like... I don't know. It was just weird, man. I was really done, dude. I was really like, we even dude, left I, for like two hours. We left yeah, I was there for longer than you, which never happens. Yeah. Yes. And I showed up before you and like 10 people were freaking out. Where's John? Has anybody seen John? We got to find John. I was like, it's fine. It's fine. It's not like that match can happen without him. And yeah, exactly. where I need to go stand <laughs> and there. it's fine. And people running around and uh, yeah. you said her name was Megan. Megan was yeah, like, Megan. I'm going to go. I'm going to go run around and find out. I'll be back in 10 minutes. And I was like, okay. It's okay. It's fine. Trust me. My part is, you know, pretty yeah. small and all of this. So, yeah. And I'm, I don't think John has the lowdown on what needs to happen. So not too much. I mean, I, I've been given a bit, the basic overview. Um, and they, I, I went home after the expo because the expo emotionally, dude, I think I'm developing like this, uh, what do you call it? Like an introverted type. Cause I've always been kind of half introverted, half extroverted. And, the introverted side of myself now, when I get around a lot of people, it does exhaust me. So we went back to the hotel because the other plan was for her to go back to the hotel and me just sit down, uh, not in the green room, but in that kind of like in between the green room, that kind of black surface area, floor area there where they'd had the expo, just sit down on a couch with my noise canceling earphones and just kind of get into the zone. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, well, a lot of people are going to bother me. They're going to want to talk to me. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't know where I'm going to be at, what's going to be going on, some drama with a couple of people. So I'm just, I don't want to fucking deal with it. So we drove back to the hotel together. Uh, and I think that might've been a mistake. I think I maybe should have stayed, just dealt with it and kind of got my head kind of calm. Cause when I got back, it was like, Oh my God, you got to get to here. You got to get to here. So I didn't even get a chance to like meditate or to get into a fucking chill state of mind. Yeah. So I think it just, oh, I think that was the mistake I made. I should have gone, but I should have stayed, let her go back to the hotel. And then when she came back, you know, we'd have done everything. But I was just like so frazzled, you know, because everything was running around. So even as when it was over, when I was walking out, because we were done, and it was like, I got to go. Um, I looked at a couple of the, uh, a couple of the production people and I said, I don't know how you fuckers do this. This is madness. I don't know what you saw, but I was like, all these people just moving around, right, right, right. Just to me, I was like, this is madness, absolute madness. At yeah. some point, I want my own trailer is what I'm saying. I don't want to deal with any of it. I, just want to be I don't know where they would have fit that there, but I'm sure they could work something out. There's an alleyway somewhere. I think I was on top of the roof. Just put it on the roof. Make it part of your stipulation when you don't unretire, but come back and play. Whatever, how you ever, <laughs> you finagle the wording on this unretiring. Yeah, perfect. There you go. Look, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to see Christian next week, so I'm going to oh, just go ahead and nice. let him know. Look, John's already thinking about this. Please so do. So if you just sweeten the offer. Please bit. do. Please do. Um, he keeps wanting you to come back. Did you? Did going back to that give you any any inclination? I'm never going to play again. Oh, okay. I, he asked. You me, might manage. You might manage. No, I told. He asked me if I wanted to manage this past season. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> it's um, a commitment. 
Yeah, it's just like, he's just like, what about calling a match? And he's asked me that to call a match oh, yeah. like four times now. And every time yeah. I'm like, sure, man, just, you know, that sounds like fun because you just have to show up. Yeah, right. Like, I, I have zero problem with that. And then yeah. uh, that's never gone anywhere. I don't think that, uh, you know, tickles his fancy as much. We should as, call a match. They should let us call a match next year. I mean, you calling a match would be a lot of fun. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Although I screwed up the only match we've ever called together. Well, what happened? Oh, I, I just revealed that. an answer when Ellis could have gone to steal it, and I accidentally said, "Oh, oh the answer was like Saturn." Right, like, I'm right. Supposed I to be able that. to, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I totally forgot about that." I mean, it was early on in the schmoes. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, well, it's not a bad idea. We'll see. Uh, we've gotten more people who've joined us here. Paul Cree joining us from the UK, saying uh, no midnight showings of Spider-Man in the UK because of COVID restrictions. Uh, and he's crowing about his West Ham, his irons there, the West Ham United Football Club, uh, now beating Chelsea, beating Liverpool, I think hanging with Man City or beating Man City, and in the mix for the Premier League title. No one saw that coming. David Moyes, the manager, doing a great job there. So shout out to your West Ham, your hammers there, Paul Cree. Cam Chapman hanging out with us. Michael Bowers in here. Steve Schluckebeyer, who says it's been a while since so I've been able to pop in. And James Petty hanging out with us today as well. Yeah, so that would be fun. So, so that's fun. Thank you all for joining us. And we got an awesome topic here to talk about, Matt. The top 10 Spider-Man villains. This is mm-hmm. in honor of Spider-Man No Way Home coming out. And we're talking about the villains overall. So comic books and movies are all in play. And I think they've rarely done a villain in co- in the movies that isn't from the comic books. So all of that is in play here as we do, count yeah. down this uh, top 10 list, Matt. Yeah, I just went... Uh- because we were just going to do comic book, I just yeah. went with my comic book villain rating rankings yeah. for me. Yeah, um, your personal. Yeah, that's how it, yeah, yeah. We never said specifically that it had to be only from comic, but we, because of the source material we were using, that I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go with that then. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, because some things in the movies are different from what I remember reading as a kid. Yeah, specifically, well, one in particular who I think is excellent. In the movies and in the comic books, I was always like, man, you know, really, this is the best one we had today. Uh, It's one one in particular, whereas Mm -hmm. in the movie, I think he is excellent. I can see why he'd be a good villain. Right. Right. Um, Okay. But yeah, so I I went with my basically my comic book villains, my favorites that when I was reading Spider-Man pretty religiously, the ones I liked the most and was the most excited to see on the page personally. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, some of mine might be controversial because uh, there are certain or a couple of villains that I just am not the big fan of. As you know, it just doesn't. I don't know why people have loved these villains, but then there are other villains that I I think should get more of a shine. So I moved them up on my list. So these are my personal top ten. It's like it's Matt's personal top ten lists uh, for these things. Oh, sorry, I'm getting a call here. All right, so uh, Matt, how does the show work? Uh, once we set a topic like we did for this one, we go our separate ways, create personal top 10. Let's show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. So at 10, you might want to go ahead and okay get ready to say punt. All right. Uh, cause I put venom. Ooh, yes. A punt big time. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I have a reason for that. Once again, we're going off of when I read comic books. Right, so that's right, basically right. the reason for that. Fair enough. Uh, at nine, I have Electro. Ooh, uh, yeah, okay, not on my list. Go ahead. Not on your list? Okay, no. so the idea that 
you know, you've got a guy that can fully manipulate electricity. And I, I kind of, I didn't mind the representation that Jamie Foxx brought to screen and it's going to bring to screen, you know, again, a second time. Yeah. Um, and it was a unique, you know, villain. Mm-hmm. This guy doesn't really exist too much, at least of my recollection. Uh, there are other guys that can manipulate electricity, but not like Electro. Yeah. And I, I do like the simplicity, too, within Spider-Man and Batman, where the person's name is their thing. Right. Like Hydro-Man and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just I, It is what it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and Electro, the ridiculousness of he used to have that sun-like electrical spark thing coming off his face. It was so stupid, but I I really dug it as a kid. (laughs) Although I don't know why. Why do you think his, you know, leotard outfit, whatever, was green? I don't know. Green seemed to be the default for a lot of things. The lizard was green, Green Goblin. uh, He was green. Even even Sandman had a green top. Yeah, he had a green shirt. With the brown lines on it. So, yeah, I mean, just seems a a, a prevalent color tone in the Spider-Man group of villains. It, with that one, though, I just would assume with electricity, you already have the yellow yeah. you know, face electricity sun thing, whatever you want to call that. Right. Uh, and just the, the the pairing of the green always threw me off as a kid. Whereas of all the others, it's like, hey, it's a choice. The Sandman, it's a shirt. Right. Vulture, sure, feathers. It could be green. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But for uh, Electro. But anyway, just a, a nice pairing. But he wasn't my favorite yes but i didn't mind him compared to a few others that would pop up and be like wow this this seems like a subpar one uh to me weak like one name we just brought up i don't know if it's on your list okay and i I was never pleased when he was in i was like oh really this old man i'm supposed to fear this old man (laughs) yeah exactly yeah whereas in the movie it's just like okay yeah all right that seems like that's legit. The The character they brought to life there is definitely scary. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, changed looks over the years, uh, depending on who's drawing the comics. Okay. Uh, but yeah, his standard one is the green onesie with the yellow bikini briefs, yellow boots, and then the yellow thing. Yeah. Mask that's what I grew up yeah. reading. So yeah. when Electro would pop in and be like, hey, Electro. Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, but, you know. If it was a standalone, if he was part of the rogues gather the Sinister Six or whatever, then yeah. I'm, I'm fully on board because it's right. nice to have a complimentary player like that. Yeah. But if he's the standalone villain, um, it's like, okay, well, I'm, I like this one. And yeah. I'm also not looking forward to the next issue. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay. So my, what's your number eight? My eight is Craven the Hunter. Uh, that's a punt. Okay. Absolutely, man. That one series is excellent, but oh my god, the last outside month? of that, it's like, eh, you know, I like Craven. <laughs> I like Craven. Um, all right, number ten for me is Mysterio. Is that okay? On your list? Go for it. No, yeah, I like Mysterio. I, I enjoyed him in the comics, the the fishbowl head and the gas and the smoke and all that. The fact that he's kind of a low level co- uh, uh, villain, but he does the tricks and all of this and always messes with uh, with Spider Man. And I really enjoyed what they did in Far From Home where they had Jake Gyllenhaal kind of play him as even a more a more advanced, uh, technologically advanced guy who was uh, pulling all the tricks on Spider-Man and how he was using all of that. I really loved how they updated that. So the combo of him in the comics and in the movies, I really enjoyed. Uh, and he's an interesting character. He at times has been able to be convinced by Spider-Man not to be a bad guy. 
but in the end, he's you know kind of defaults to that, uh, and he's a bit of a charlatan. He's not even like this big "I'm going to take over the world" type villain. He's more like I just want to make some money, dude. I just want to see if I can trick some people and get Wasn't he a failed of- actor. Yeah, he's a failed actor. So he turned in using this magician stuff. And so he's just trying to he's trying to eke out a living basically by stealing money and stealing all these kinds of things. So and he loves messing with Spider-Man. Spider-Man's always the one that stops him, but he's not a master villain. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I still like him as as a character. It's interesting because of the fact that he's a former actor and because of the fact that he's a magician. I have a thing about magic that I enjoy. So seeing uh Mysterio be a part of this, uh, it's my number 10. You know? Yeah, I liked his character design a lot, but it yeah. everything you just brought up i never really feared him yeah you know as a okay. spider-man fan is he also in green yes god damn yeah I've there's never a lot thought of about how much green there is in spider-man my lord quentin beck yeah he's green yeah the green with the purple mm-hmm. cloak yeah crazy and the fishbowl head and <laughs> yeah the smoke um so my number nine i know this is controversial I know people are going to be upset about this. My number nine is Lizard. Oh, dude, that's a punt. Really? There you go. Yeah. Kirk Connors. Yeah, nine. Yeah. Doc Connors. Yeah. So here's another controversial choice. My number eight is the Green Goblin. That's also a punt. Okay. Fair enough. We'll talk about it when we get to where it is on the list. Okay. Yeah. We're going based on comics and not. Exactly. Oh, no, we are. Yeah. Okay. We are. Yeah. That's just a good foil for. All right. All right. What's your Fair number enough. seven? Seven is Hobgoblin. Oh, nice. Okay, go ahead, man. He was close. I he almost made my list, but in the end, I didn't choose him. But go ahead. Hey, so I love the we're so lazy. We're just going to take the same character and color him differently. And it fully worked for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Just to take something that I was already familiar and comfortable with. And give it, hey, let's not make him green. Yeah. Uh, and give him what? He had like yellow skin. And God, what was his outfit color? Because Green it Goblin was, was purple and green. He was like orange and blue, Green Goblin. Was it oh, blue? Goblin, rather. Yeah, he had like an orangey yellow skin. Yeah, let me see here. But I mean, he had, he didn't have the mania of Norman. Right. So he was, you know better able to keep it together and i think that the mania works for that kind of character what they look like but to reintroduce that as a kid uh i loved when hobgoblin came up because basically just reminded me of what i was already conditioned to with green goblin enjoying it as a good foil to uh spider-man himself uh to bring back all the same stuff the glider the pumpkin things the little grenade pumpkins and stuff but just to change the color it's such a, a simple thing, and yet it worked just perfectly for me, at least as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's rumors that we're going to get Hobgoblin in the new Spider-Man movie. There's a lot, been a lot of rumors because in in the comics, Ned becomes Hobgoblin. So I he's there's been like four or five or six different Hobgoblins, but Ned is one of these people that becomes Hobgoblin in the comics. So they're wondering if we're going to get Hobgoblin either in this installment or a later installment with Ned. I really doubt it because Ned is such a, a good guy. Yeah, he's such a good guy yeah. on this. It, it would take a lot, right, for him to go down that path. But it doesn't mean that because they're opening the dimensional portals that we couldn't have a Ned from another dimension come in as Hobgoblin. That could be interesting. I yeah, I guess I guess yeah, anything's yeah. possible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that could be an interesting spin. And then if Ned confronts his 
dimensional yeah. self as He's the doppelganger. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is the evil version of what he could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause Hobgoblin like basically just got all the technology and yeah. decided to wreak havoc once he got hold of the technology. Yeah. So, but within the current Spider-Man universe, there has been, there has not been a green goblin. So there's no way for Ned to or Hobgoblin. F- yeah. There's no, is that what you mean? Well, oh, in the right. Tom yes. Holland, there's you're been, right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah if yeah. we're going to use the comics as a source, there well, needs look, to have been a Green Goblin to there have been a Hobgoblin. They did Venom, and th- there was no fucking Spider Man in that universe that we know of. Well, they, Until... but then the, yeah, mm-hmm. the last, uh, the ending. Yeah. And the fact that the, the fan score on that movie is good is utterly baffling <laughs> to me. I'm glad you agree with me, man. I mean, are I... people giving you blowback on that? Because that movie oh, sucks. My... God, yes, dude. Are There's you kidding? Thing. Why? Oh. Why is is there some they were friends that we didn't know about? Because yeah. Woody Harrelson pining to be his best friend is like, why is this even in the story? I don't yeah. understand any of this. It's it's a terrible movie, and I, oh. and storyline wise, it's all over the place. Like we're just supposed to buy that they developed this whole relationship and the foster child from like yeah. through the through a pipe and and there's nothing more. and then they've held on to this love all this time and you're like what and then she all of a sudden changes her mind right at the end and you're like what there's nothing to substantiate or support any, any of this no but i think you know but there are a number of people who are just like who really like the movie and some i think genuinely like the movie and some i think don't want to uh, lose any fans or followers and so they just go, yeah, it's a great movie. They talk themselves into it because they don't give a shit. They're about, you know, getting fans and followers and making money and doing all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it, they're not really honest with their opinion of the movie because they don't want it. There are people in this sphere who just like everything, which drives me insane because you're yes. no longer a critic. At well, that if point. you like everything, then just a fan. you don't like anything. You just, right. Exactly. Disingenuous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, I what what, what do you actually like then? If everything is amazing, well, then yeah. that means nothing is amazing because yeah, there's if there's no high, then there's no low, which means it's all fucking you know right. Get off your or, prescription medication, you know, or you bash the films that it's safe for you to bash, and all and like the films that it's safe for you to like. And the thing is with uh, with the Venom thing, like it's make both of those films have made money. Both of, I mean, people have liked this one better than the last one, which makes, which drives me insane. Cause I'm like, this, this was even worse than the first one. Yeah. And the Mrs. Chen stuff, you could tell the executives went into that Venom movie, uh, the Carnage Venom movie, and just chopped that thing up into pieces. And we're like, through lines, storylines connected to who gives a shit, hour and a half. That's all I want. Put it out there and we'll see what we can do with it. You know, so. And then allude to, the you know burgeoning crossover on the horizon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like that's the most important thing we need to get to that button on the end to yeah, marry to these two things <laughs> as quickly as possible it's like okay but at the same time it's like maybe that could be interesting it's a great character like oh, i yeah. love the design of the, character sure and both, how they bring it the, to life carnage and venom i thought looked well dude yeah yeah but is that all venom's basically going to keep facing is versions of himself what's what's fun about that that's true that's true Uh, symbiotes um all right so what's your number six dude was that that was your seven right yeah my seven my six is sandman yeah not on my list go ahead bud oh you didn't like sandman is that that i don't like him it's just that i think these other 10 are a little bit better that's all for my own reasons it's such a unique idea i mean the the whole 
he comes into contact with radioactive sand. The sixties were a fun time. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> and it changed like his DNA incorporated the sand kind of nonsense. <laughs> but every other, you know, I always look forward to Sandman because he was such a unique construct. Yeah. For what a villain could be, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know, electro. Uh, oh, he's got electricity and this, and this guy's just like a shape shifting. Takes, I mean, it's like kinetic sand almost. Um, yeah. and he keeps, you know, he can uh, shape shift and change himself and make himself bigger or smaller, slip through cracks. Uh, you can take him out in certain ways, like adding water to it, which is a great way to not kill a person because you don't really do that in Spider-Man's world. Yeah. Uh, and yet still stifle the individual. Yeah. Um, just through little things like that. Uh, I just, I just, for his uniqueness alone, I was always a big fan of Sandman. And I thought that in Spider-Man three, yeah. he could be my favorite part of it. Yeah. The stuff with his daughter and the connected, all of that and how that leads into why he's doing the things that he's doing. Yeah. There's yeah. a real, um, uh, empathetic story that you can connect to and feel, you know, and have some empathy for and sympathy for when you're watching uh, what Thomas Hayden church does in that movie. I agree with you a thousand percent. Yeah. And, and the representation of him, I, I, Mm-hmm. When they announced that, I was like, boy, that's going to be a tough one to do. And then to see it, yeah, it's like, this is excellent. Uh, and I'm glad they brought him back, you know, at least according to the trailer mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, so I'm fully looking forward to it. But I loved it when he was in uh, the comics because it yeah. was going to be a unique storyline as opposed to flying around through the buildings, which they do with almost all the others or a mm-hmm. preponderance of the others. And this mm-hmm. one's going to be more, you know, ground and pound down on the surface street. And, ground and pound. yeah, it's, it's him slipping through. You think you got me? Boom. I can get through this tiny little crack and then zip over yeah. to the other side and the elusive nature. And he can go from that, the evasiveness to it's like green, green lantern style. He can turn his arm into a big anvil and just, you know, crush yeah. you with it or whatever he wants to. Yeah. So the, the possibilities were seemingly endless with Sandman. And I think that's, you're right about that. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I like about it. Yeah. Yeah. The inventiveness of, plus he could crystallize his sand, right. To make it even harder when he hits you all of yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, well, I don't disagree with you, dude. That's a yeah, good point. Some, somehow found 10 better unique <laughs> villains, but please, what's you your know, seven? We all got our things. Uh, my number seven is Vulture. <clears throat> yeah no thank you yeah i know another green one though i was yeah. just another green villain vulture i wonder if this is a primary thing because it's red and blue and my so guess is green. it's a printing thing from the 50s and 60s yeah. where you can only get away with so many colors so they oh. dedicate like it costs so much money to do more than x colors right right so we'll make villains green because when we have green and red and blue yeah uh but I, I don't know that for a fact. But go ahead, uh, sell me on Vulture. Yeah, I, I thought I, I always liked Vulture. I always thought he was like. A, I wish Patrick Stewart had done it back in the uh, the Tobey Maguire days. Would have been fun. There was a lot of rumors that he would be Vulture in that. Although I did like what we got with uh, Michael Keaton in the Spider Man Homecoming film. Adrian Toomes, really interesting guy, intelligent guy, uh, a smart guy. Got into the situation, kind of loses his mind with these powers and these abilities that he can do and what he's going after. And he's, Oh, and the fact that he flies, you know, none of these other villains that we've mentioned so far fly and he can fly, giving him an, giving him an opportunity, giving him an advantage at times when he fights Spider-Man. 
And there's such an anger to the to Vulture that I really enjoy. Kind of like just kind of a dismissive arrogance, condescension. I've always enjoyed him as a villain. I've always enjoyed what he's brought to the table as a villain uh, because, like I said, he's not an unintelligent villain, but he does at times give in to his passions and his anger because Spider-Man somehow just gets under his skin, just frustrates him on so many levels. And the age difference between them as vil- as a villain and hero as well is so interesting to explore, you know, what Spider-Man can do at a younger age versus a guy who is older and should be a little more wiser, should be a little bit more aware of what works and what doesn't work. I like the battle of wills, the battle of intelligence, and the battle of tactics when they're uh, going at each other physically as well. So that's what I, I, uh, I just, as a kid, I was like, whatever, old man. Like, why are you even doing this? <laughs> that's all I saw was this old bald guy going off against Spider-Man. I was like, you got no shot. You know, you're closer to the grave than you are robbing this bank. <laughs> but Michael Keaton's representation, mm. I loved that. I thought yeah. when they announced it was going to be Vulture, I was like, oh, really? And then you see what they managed to do in yeah. uh, Homecoming. And, and had I seen that Vulture when I read Spider-Man, mm. I would have been fully on board. He would have made my list. Right. But I'm used to the old man with his wings flying around, and I'm like, no chance, none whatsoever. I've always because I mean the constructing of the wings takes a level of intelligence, and that's what I've always enjoyed. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. but no for okay. me. All right, that's fine. And he's been always one of the first people to join the Sinister Six was Vulture. So. Well, of course he because he's old as shit and he needs oh, backup because he's not going to be able to take on Spidey on his own. Just he's not. He's not. He's. Uh, I, you know, he does it against Spidey. He's, he's definitely breaking a hip. You know, how dare you? How fucking dare you? See, what is he? He's got to be in like his sixties <clears throat> doing this shit. No, com- when I was a kid, he was old. He's At prematurely least. bald. That's all. That's the problem. He's not oh, old. I, old. I, I'm pretty sure he's old. Old. He's advanced in age. Okay, strong, that's a nice spin. Strong fighter and from someone kid. who's newly retired. <laughs> Are you, as far as Schmodown, are you advanced age as well? That's good for you. Uh, <laughs> it's all semantics. It's how you view the world. Oh, Michael Bauer says, uh, <clears throat> Washington football team, four wins in a row. Matt, am I close to getting my $5 back? No, not even close. God damn it. Now, God I, damn. I think it's actually impossible for you to get your money at this point. So, Is, is it going to be a wash? Because your bears, there's, there's, yeah, there's no way it's going to be a wash. There's no way. Okay. Uh, yes. Have we been robbed of a couple games? Maybe. Oh my god. Here we. Well, go. that Pittsburgh game. Uh, but we suck. So yeah, it's a wash. I thought we would be seven and ten, and we're okay. not going to make it to seven and ten. So. Yeah. What are you right now? Um. Oh, four and eight. Oof. Exactly. It's, we're six and six. So if we ran the table, I still wouldn't get my money because. What did I say? 10 and 5? 12 and 5? I think I said 12 and 5. 12 and 5 is what you settled on. I would give you 11 and 6. If you you made it to 11 and 6 and you ran the table on this, I'll give you $5. Wow. No problem. I can't imagine that happening. Beating Dallas twice? We can beat the Giants and the the Eagles. I don't think that's out of their own possibility. But the Cowboys twice? That would be tough. It depends on what Eagles team you get. Right. And if it's it's Gardner Minshew... We're going to chop that team up into pieces, but you never know. Jalen Hurts, that's tough. I think the Giants, tough. I agree with you 1,000%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dallas, I think, cooks you. 
Which time? Do you point. think they'll cook us this weekend or the one in Dallas? Uh, or both? It's a, it's a great question. Okay. I don't know because it, this season has been so impossible yeah. to peg as to who's going to be any good week in, week out, by and large. Yeah, yeah you're right. Like, uh, how do who had the Steelers beating the Ravens? Nobody had that. Nobody, but it was it's two two mediocre teams, and there's a chance that both of them make the playoffs. Wow, they're both mediocre. Ravens mediocre. They are. Ravens? They are. They easily could have lost like three games that they've won so far because they managed to pull out last minute heroics. Oh yeah, coming like, well, why back. do you guys? Yeah. yeah, why do you guys need to keep doing this if you're a top tier team? I can understand once or twice, but there's been four or five games this year where yeah. they need to make some magic very late in the game. That's not the sign of a good team. It's true. I, I don't smoke. even know who's the best team in football right now. Maybe the Patriots, and that chaps my ass. I think it's the Patriots or the Packers. Those are the two choices. And as everybody overlooks I, the Cardinals because yeah, true. Well, true. Kyler coming back, he played yeah. well. He didn't play great though. I mean, hun- only 189 yards passing. You know, and if what's his face uh, doesn't throw four interceptions, Kyle Orton, maybe it's a different ball game. You know, because they apparently drove down. They were able to drive down on that Cardinals defense. Just so Orton kept throwing those damn interceptions. So yeah, who knows? I don't even. I don't know who the favorite is to win. Yeah, I think it's, a it's weird year. I think it's only Packers in my mind. Packers and um, and I and don't count out the Chiefs. Well, then again, Mahomes hasn't looked that great. You know, yeah, if the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, they're the Chiefs of old. But if yeah. they continue to turn the ball over like they did in the first like seven eight games, mm-hmm. well then yeah, the Chiefs are easily defeatable. You look at this five game winning streak with the Chiefs, dude. They've they've won the games. Patrick Mahomes has thrown seven touchdowns in those five games, but one of those games accounts for five of the touchdowns. That means in two other games of the five, he has not thrown a touchdown, and he's only thrown one yeah. touchdown it's been in a weird the two year other games. So it's strange. It's just yeah. strange. It's just a weird year overall. That's why the Pats are going to win it. I, I called them in the Super Bowl three weeks ago. Everybody thought I was crazy, and then they went and take care of business Buffalo. I'm telling you right now, finally on game time. I called it. I, I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm gonna, I think they're going to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That's what I think is going to happen. Ah, we'll see if the Bucs make it. They, I, don't, I literally don't know. Usually you have a better handle. I mean, we're, there's only – Five weeks left. Yeah, five weeks left. Who knows? You have no idea. You have no idea. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, that's your sports minute. Uh, we're, we're, we're even, your seven. Oh, my seven, Vulture. So then my six is Carnage, which is your punt from earlier. Or did you put Carnage? Oh, no, I, I put Venom down, not Car- okay, Carnage. Okay, okay. I have Carnage on my list. It's one of the two. I, I like Carnage. Do you have the other one as well? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. Well, that's why I think I moved uh, Sandman off. I mean, when you compare... Sam man to high, Carnage is not really a comparison. But Carnage yeah. didn't exist for me in comics. Oh, he, okay. He came later. And Venom, the reason he's that low is because he was on the tail end of my comic gotcha. Gotcha. obsession. Fair enough. Um, yeah, for me, uh, Carnage was someone I got into because Venom was an interesting character. And we'll talk to, about Venom a little bit later. But like seeing that there was a even more insane version of Venom with, with uh, how unsettling Venom was as a character – uh, I thought was brilliant, and the fact that he's um, grafted onto a serial killer makes it even more insane. And the Cletus Cassidy character, just all the stereotypes you can think of of a guy from the South, works so well. Plus, you know, kind of uh, layering in this, the the uh, serial killer aspects of like Ted Bundy and other people who were serial killers. I thought it was brilliant to have that here, and then the brutality of Carnage, like. Some of those comics are R-rated when you go back and read them that we were allowed to just pick up off the shelf and buy because mm. some of the gore and the blood and the killing there with Carnage is just out of uh, control. 
and seeing him go up against Spider-Man with Venom, I always figured he would defeat him with Carnage. I could actually read these and be and wonder who was going to win between them and what the price was going to be because Carnage had no restrictions, no limits, no real uh, things to hinder him where I felt Venom was more like a jilted lover. Carnage was like a crazy ex-girlfriend or boyfriend. They just would never stop until they got what they wanted. Rosamund Pike of Gone Girl. That's what Carnage is, for God's sakes. That's a scary cop right there. (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I, I knew the name, but right. when they announced it for this past movie, uh, I saw a bunch of people were hyped about it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Carnage, I don't recall. Maybe he did exist, but Venom barely. Yeah, really came into my zone. Although I wasn't reading Spidey as much once they introduced uh, Venom. Oh, um, okay. A little bit. The McFarlands were like the last Spider-Mans oh, that I loved. I love that run, man. Love yeah. the McFarlane run. My brother still has those. Yeah, I still have that first issue of his, man, somewhere in the house and back in my Uh, hometown. The gold and the silver Mm -hmm. of versions of the first one. Yeah, he's got the full run. I don't know what kind of condition they're in because we read them. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he gave gave all our comics to his two boys. So who knows what kind of condition any of those are in. But pretty sure he still got them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I looked up the valuation of them. If they were in pristine condition... Oof. Uh, they'd be worth a nice, you know, chunk, but chunk of change. Hell yeah. Um, all right. So since you got not too much to say on Carnage, that's you know, that's, yeah, I have literally nothing no outside of that movie. Yeah. I have no working, you know, knowledge of them. So well, let's uh let's take a quick break here, Matt, uh, as we before we jump into our top fives to hear from our sponsors here on the top ten. All right, very nice words there delivered by us uh for our sponsors. And uh, we're going into our top fives here of the top ten Spider-Man villains. Going in one at a time here, Matt. Start us off. What's your number five, old man? My number five is Rhino. <laughs> okay, that's all you. You don't like Rhino? Please go ahead. Talk about Rhino. Go ahead. I yes. I was excited that they were trying to do it with Giamatti. I hated what they did. With oh, him. horrific. Because yeah. um, I actually think, you know, Juggernaut has mm-hmm. been done fairly decently, even oh, yeah. if he's been misused. But so... When I knew Rhino was coming, I was like, well, you know, I haven't been disappointed by Juggernaut. Yeah. They haven't been utilized as much as I would like to have. But at the same time, and then you saw what they did, and I was like, oh, that sucks. But are you kidding me? I loved Rhino. Just this big brute barreling through, crushing the city. And what is this tiny Spider-Man, even with all his superhuman strength, yeah. going to do against a guy that is literally like five times his just overall bulk and size and lowers his head and drives through everything. Just the simplistic nature of what Rhino Mm -hmm. is, which is a Mm -hmm. battering ram. It's what he does and good luck trying to stop him. I loved it. I loved (laughs) everything about Rhino. I was excited when he came in anytime he was in a comic. I was like, good. It's a Rhino. Uh, There's only a few guys that I was more jazzed to see. Uh, but I loved him. You didn't enjoy Rhino? No, I liked Rhino. Again, these are the top 10 ones that I enjoy a little more because I have some connection. Rhino was good. I enjoyed Rhino. Always enjoyed Rhino. Like the, It looked like the, the, the costume was just maybe one size too tight. His face was always just kind of stiffed, shoved against there in the costume. So it yeah. added a little more of the element of the freaky. Aerodynamics, <laughs> man. Yeah, Once sure. he gets at speed, bro, he's just reducing friction. To increase, yeah, you know the 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 you know reduce the amount of friction and yeah, ergo he, he's translate a scary, more. 
He's a scary villain, no doubt. When he gets going, you're right, Matt. When he gets when he gets moving, he's a scary guy. All yeah. that size coming at you, plus the horn. Good God Almighty! Yeah. Um, yeah. Though, well, I mean, just the whole the character design of it is yeah. so simplistic, and yet it it works beautifully beautifully for what I wanted as a kid. Yeah, it's just yeah. like this is who he is. Boom, there it is. That's it. Just a guy in a gray, you know, spandex costume. <laughs> uh, but it's just this big hulking mass right? and, you know, team ups between him and anybody else, which is like, all right, well, it works great in conjunction with this. He's just, he was the perfect villain. He could stand yeah. alone and he could also be part of, you know, Sinister Six or whatever the case is. Yeah. I don't disagree uh, with you. I like seeing him, as I said. And uh, when I got the Spider-Man Miles Morales game, he was a big part of that. So it was great to see kind of fighting against Rhino. The problem with Rhino is that he's not that smart. And that, that, to me, moves him lower on my list because he's easily defeatable because he's not that smart, because he gets emotional, because he gets passionate, because of all this kind of stuff. He's easier. Now, when he catches you, good night. It's all she wrote. But if he can't catch you, you can outsmart him. So to me, he moves lower on the list because of that. But you're not wrong about the fact that he's a formidable villain to be going up against with incredible amounts of strength. And that costume of his with the horn, everything like that, that can cause some serious damage to you physically uh, and to everything around you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad villain. I'm just saying for me, he isn't in my top 10 because I just. You're just going to take the old man vulture. (laughs) He's a smart guy. He built the fucking wings. Rhino ain't building no fucking wings. I don't think he even built the costume. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, but I think the most important part of Vulture's day is making mm-hmm. sure that he gets enough bran in the morning. Oh, for God's sakes. You <laughs> that's know a, what? That's a, if he didn't do that, then he is not going to he's going to be constipated flying around and he's got to be not going to be nearly as effective against Spidey. <laughs> you know what? You're just you're just you're, I, I, I know Rhino you're literally ate nails. I feel like you're lashing out. I feel like you're lashing. <laughs> Listen, I am uh, a person who's, cons- you know, concerned with his fiber as well. So the idea of me flying around in 15 years, 20 years, <laughs> trying to take on a superhuman seems a little far-fetched. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> He's a character who was a Russian thug who underwent an experimental procedure that gave him an artificial skin covering and superhuman strength. So he's not even a high-level member of the Russian mob. Look he's at you, elitist. Thug. I'm just saying. He's just some Hey, thug. Capone started as just a thug. No, come on. Uh, come on. They, Capone yeah, was but, a driver and he, thought of as just a, an idiot enforcer. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. rose to the top. He did. Um, I have yet to see Rhino do that. He doesn't even lead the Sinister Six. Well, give it. You you missed the the Rhino like that. Craven the Hunter, the Hunt uh, series. There was a Rhino one like that. That there was. Uh-huh. What was it called? Uh, on the Run. <laughs> I think he was making <laughs> that, was, that was the best I could do. <laughs> that was pretty sad. Uh, Rhino on the on run. the run. What? <laughs> so he's running away. This is confusing for like kids. True ends. Matt wrote nost Rhino apologist. I like <laughs> Rhino. Uh, how Rhino defender? A man to Rhino. A friend wow. to Rhino. Wow. A friend to Rhino. <laughs> A friend to Rhino. I'd As like it, to thank my good friend Matt Nost for things that are happening in my life. He has been very good to me. Well, that sounds uh, like that, you could have been in House of Gucci. That's, that was uh, bordering. <laughs> from what I've heard, the accents might have been uh, might have been Ruski instead of Italian. That's bullshit. Okay, I watched that movie. I've got an ear for accents. In no way were they being Russian. That's hilarious to me. Sweetie. Uh and Gaga is great in that movie. 
Um, all right, where are we at uh, for that? Was your five, right? That was my five. So my five is the pun from earlier, Craven. Oh, okay. I love Craven. Love or these other four are above him for different reasons, but Craven is maybe my second favorite overall classic Spidey villain. Is Craven? I just love um, this whole idea that he is this hunter and he hunts down spider-man even in the last hunt as you mentioned he takes on the mantle of spider he's so obsessed with spider-man that he thinks i'm gonna take out parker and i'm gonna be spider-man and i'm gonna show you that i could do it even better that's yeah. the hubris the arrogance of craven and i love the fact he doesn't dress up in no rhino outfit he didn't come up with oh, no damn on, wings. That big ridiculous fur collar he's just wearing a collar man and a leather chest vest exposed yeah like, oh that's not ridiculous he's got confidence in himself man i dig the hubris of that he's like mm -hmm. nothing's gonna touch me he's a human his skin isn't even that, treated yeah. with some kind of protective tissue the man has a lot of confidence in his abilities as a hunter hubris yes uh, you know pride you know, comes goes before the fall uh yeah that or cocaine one of the two. Oh my god yeah, that amount of chest hair flaring out come on look last hunt is awesome but outside of that i didn't really give two shits that's why he ends up lower on my list last hunt to me is great but then if he ever oh. popped up in other uh runs i was yeah. like oh okay craven but i wasn't as jazzed I mean, he would take on Black Panther. This guy, this guy was a bot was the bomb, man. <laughs> that's, that's the entirety of the uh, argument. No, I just, I, you know, he had that arrogance. He had the, I don't know. He just had this kind of like energy or aura about him as a character that just appealed to me. Uh, you know, it's a, all these things are subjective. And for me, his look, the smile, the hair, the little mustache and a little goatee or beard, whatever, the mustache, little trimmed beard, all of it, plus the the lion mane as a vest and the uh, leopard, uh, the le the leg the leopard uh, leggings, all of it just works so yeah. well uh, for him as a as a character. And I've always because he's always been like kind of brutal, too, at times when he's carried out his vengeance on mm -hmm on parker you know he doesn't care that it's a kid he doesn't care that's a young dude he could give two shits you know he's in his way and so he hunts him so oh, i'm just throwing that out there yeah i i just think if if last hunt didn't exist craven doesn't make my list oh wow all right that's fair that's fair uh he's he's also russian just letting you know okay just you know if you're gonna go after rhino I didn't go after Rhino. You did. Fall in love. You Sorry, besmirched love. the man. Fall in love with Rhino, I guess I meant to say. And you said his Eastern uh, European heritage negates his ability to have any kind of prevalence or a rightful place in a top five. I think uh, the that's a direct know. quote. Hey, Drew Ince, pull that up. You just called me a Rhino apologist. Yeah. Get the slander ready. You did. It was. <sighs> uh, okay. I never oh. said any such thing. Just, All right, what's your four? What's your four? Uh, my number four is Green Goblin. Oh, okay, so that's pump from earlier. Got it. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, just because he, I mean, quintessential. Yes, true. Spider-Man uh, villain. Yep. Loved him in the, the comics. He was a great, his mania was a great foil because Peter's, you know, a, dealing with the hormones of being a teenage kid, but B, thinks on a more logical plane. Mm -hmm. And Norman used, has aspects of that, hence being able to make all the technology and whatnot. But he also has the mania that uh, he's been beset with. 
And yeah. it's this convergence of the two, plus under the guise of Hob or uh, Green Goblin, this goblin like yeah. character, the mania fits that better than say Hobgoblin, uh, somebody that's just taking over the mantle of a previous you know yeah. villain. Yeah. Um, but my favorite thing about him was his little flying speeder thing. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Every time you'd see it in the comics, and he's just standing on it, zipping around, uh, you know, the New York skyline. Yeah, I just made for some incredible shots as they're trying to battle up in the air, you know, hundreds of feet, and he is flying around and throwing pumpkin bombs at uh, Parker and flying through walls or windows or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. and just creating mania and mayhem. Um, it was just a, a unique and perfect foil for me for spider-man yeah i i just never liked him he's always bored me um he's a rich white dude i give two shits uh and for what i didn't i never liked the design of the costume uh he was always a joke to me like a comical (laughs) throwing the pumpkin bombs all of it was just like so and then when willem dafoe did it i'm not as excited so bad i'm not excited to see willem dafoe come back and reprise this in no way home. I'm excited for Melina. I'm excited for other people who might be coming back. There is a Sandman yeah. shot in that trailer, so maybe there isn't. Jamie Foxx has been yeah. on the PR, yeah, and his electro was interesting. Yeah, so I mean, I I I don't begrudge that, but like, I've never even the Dane DeHaan Goblin I didn't like at all in Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. No. So for me personally, I just it isn't a jam in any way, shape, or form. I. And it never has been. And he, I think I in movies, like, I agree. I yeah, think it's yeah. been terrible in the movies so yeah, far. Yeah, it's terrible in the movies. I agree with Especially you. the Willem Dafoe. Uh, like, he is chewing scenery. And, and yeah. who isn't a Willem Dafoe fan? Right, exactly. But he's chewing scenery. And then the costume design looks so... Basically, it looks like it was taken from Jingle all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just looks cheesy and fake. And why yeah. is this military technology that's been taken over by a villain like what right. military would use this um it's good i don't know yeah. all, all of the, all of that i agree with but in the comics i don't know it's just something that feels very comforting and, mm-hmm. and like you're at home with spider-man oh here's green goblin and yeah I, I just i've always he's just always bored me i've never really enjoyed him so you asked me you know this is our personal lists and for me this is my um yeah it's fine feeling about it you know it just never has done I've never felt like, you know, I've liked the character in any way, shape, or form. It's never done anything for me. So that's why I've, and even his son, Norm, is even more irritating and more annoying. And so with that weird hair of his and whatever, and he becomes a Green Goblin at some point down the road and whatever. And so it just, it's never been my jam uh, for whatever reason. And it's never even bought him as a real villain. I know he's the Joker in essence to the Spider-Man situation, but. I don't know. For whatever reason, it's never spoken to me. But out of respect, I put it on my list because I know it's his possibly number one villain for a lot of people. So, yeah. I think he's his most, well, he's in the argument for the most iconic of his villains. Sure. Most known, maybe. Yeah. 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 Outside yeah. of one other. Yeah. Um, which apparently is coming up on both our lists, I'm assuming <laughs> at least. Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on, on Green Goblin. All right. Well, that was my quattro. What do you got? Kingpin. That's my four. That's a punt, my friend. Ooh, nice. All right. What's your three? My three is Lizard. Oh, Kirk Connors. Three? All right. Three. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dude, are you kidding me? I got to hear this. a lizard in a lab coat? Love it. <laughs> Love it. 
The McFarlane. See, what sells it to me is the McFarlane series, because that's what I think of. That yes, opening right. couple panels when he's got the little girl and he's already changing her into a lizard. Like Spider-Man yeah. shows up to kind of save her. And she's yeah. like, in essence, I don't want to be saved. Like, I like the transformation that's taking place. Right. That type of mania, the, you know, lizard wants to change the world into all lizard people like himself. Yeah. And then the push and pull within Connors of there's still the underlying individual uh, that wants to basically, I mean, he did it to, to save, like, what was he missing an arm or a leg yeah. or something? Yeah. An arm. And yeah, yeah it's all the, the reptiles. Some, some amphibians, uh, or pardon me, some reptiles have the ability to, uh, uh regrow limbs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it creates Regenerate. like the yeah. serum. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, creates a serum to do it. And it ends up corrupting him and all that jazz. Yeah. Uh, it's another science run amok, which is, you know, prevalent within, uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but because of the McFarland series, I think that's what cemented my love mm. of Lizard. I always liked him reading right. in comics because it was such a unique. This isn't a guy dressed up as a lizard. This is a fucking lizard. <laughs> and like a six foot five one. This is who, a fucking uh, lizard. Yeah, this isn't this isn't Rhino. Your objections to a guy that's got the you know spray tan <laughs> skin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this is someone that has completely transmogrified himself yeah. into this lizard being who also is a scientist underneath. So there's an inherent cunning and intelligence there. Yeah. Coupled with the massive fangs and the saliva, like dripping <laughs> off of it. And he's wanting to tear you apart. If you get into his way Yeah, uh, and the claw like hands and everything about it. I just, if he was a dude in a lizard costume, he wouldn't have made my list. Wow. The fact that he can become a lizard. That's the what- fact that, yeah, Puts the fact over. that he okay. is a lizard, all right, is the not the representation of, but the actuality. Yeah. yeah, yeah, is what makes it a difference. But once again, the McFarland series really cemented, and that oh, was yeah. one of the last big series runs that uh, I read in Spider Man. So that probably also colors my perception. Uh, yeah, I totally overall. get it. I totally get it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah. I, I, but I, you know, and I've like I, I just moved him lower because like he's just a tortured guy. You know what I'm saying? He's he's a he lets science kind of corrupt him a little bit. His desire to fix this stuff. So there's a sympathy for him. So you know, say villain, yeah, I connect to the villain of nature of villainous nature of him. But there's something about him that's like, um, uh, you, you don't 100 buy that he's a villain because Spidey's always trying to redeem him. He's got a relationship with Spidey oh. out, outside that. There's a real love and connection between each other, uh, and so um, he's not necessarily a standard villain even though he does some villainous stuff at times he's not your standard villain so for me i I, in my mind the way i was processing it i moved him lower on my list because he's not necessarily it's a a jekyll and hyde situation yes absolutely absolutely yeah um you understand why you understand his reasons and you feel sympathy for him but he's you know he's a good he's he's winning but he's as formidable as spider-man is in terms of strength and uh, intelligence and tactics so yeah AKA an excellent villain, but what do you have at three? <laughs> My three is Venom, the punt from earlier. Okay. I mean, you say you got into it at the tail end or just as Venom was coming in. Just was, as, yeah. Yeah. I was still reading when Venom came in with Secret Wars in the 80s and grafted himself onto the Spider Man outfit. And this was the idea of like, oh, this is cool. This is a, a new outfit for Spider Man. It's a black and white. This is awesome. What a good exploration of this. And then you find out what it actually is. And then all the different runs we've had with Venom, it is, there's a, there's a, 
a, a weirdness to the Venom um, character that is interesting, right? He grafts himself onto Spider-Man and he loves Spider-Man so much. And then when Spider-Man rejects him, he gets so upset and kills everything and goes mad and everything like that. And so it's, it's kind of an interesting relationship in terms of the villain. You know, what are they trying to say about something like this? The grafts onto him. Is this the worser parts of Peter Parker's nature that he never lets Could out? Be. You know, all these kinds of things that are interesting to explore with him. Plus, uh, the ferocity of Venom, the 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 size that Venom can uh, can uh, morph into, the the teeth, all of that, the look of Venom, as you said, when McFarlane has drawn has, has uh, drawn Venom or, or put Venom in the comics that he's worked on with Spider Man, it's unsettling, it's overwhelming to see the look of what that character uh, can do. Yet that character has a level of intelligence, has a level of reasoning, has a level of of um yeah intelligence because you can have conversation peter's had like interesting conversations with venom as they're fighting as they're not fighting Mm -hmm. um and i just think that the look and the overall feel of this character and the connective um grafting that he does onto parker makes him a formidable villain for peter because he almost seems to know every move peter's going to make and peter has to almost think outside the box in order to beat him most of the time when he fights him how long before he became his own standalone character? It took a few years because okay. even him being the symbiote was something they used for like a year or two. And they would hint at there's something more here. And then yeah, eventually that's what, the yeah. black costume. I remember when yeah. all of that got introduced in Secret Wars. I read that. Yes. Yes. A series and all that. But him as, you know, a version of what we see now. I yeah. don't recall I remember seeing that popping up in uh, uh, Spider-Man cartoons that I wasn't watching, but you'd see promos for and stuff like oh, that. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, and, sure. And uh, they announced that it's Venom and whatnot, but I was like, oh, that's a character I do not know. Like, you know, right. obviously comic books have moved on, clearly, yeah. which, of course, they would. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I don't – that's why he's a 10. It's like I, I got a soft introduction, and he was nowhere near what he eventually becomes. Yes. So I don't right. have the connection that others do. That's fair. Um, and I put it on my list because – a, I thought it was interesting where it was going, but now where I know where it ends up, it's like, well, yeah. that would have been, had I been reading that full run, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, this is a very interesting uh, introduction. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So for me, because I did, and then when he split off yeah. onto his own, I would read those every once in a while. And the Eddie Brock aspect of it all, can't forget the Eddie Brock aspect of it, because after Peter rejects him, he goes and grafts himself onto one of the people who is a bit of a, um, a rival to Peter Parker, and that's Eddie Brock. So he uses... Eddie Brock's anger, Eddie Brock's um, natural hatred of Spider-Man or natural hatred of Peter Parker to his advantage to carry us. So you see the villainous, jilted lover aspects, uh, for lack of a better term, um, on Venom through Eddie Brock. And it's brilliant. I, I like that, too. So interesting. Um, all right. What's your two, man? Uh, my deuce is Kingpin. Oh, OK. Go ahead. Awesome. Just. Yeah, I. I. I just love that he's this massive, immovable force. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he doesn't need to express it through physical violence. It's just the imposing nature, really, of who he is. Yeah. yeah, And you can feel the tension anytime he is in there where ultimate command of respect. And the nice thing is, so long as you have a large enough size, anybody can play him. Like they did the Michael Clark Duncan. Yes. Right. Uh, and I was like, great casting on, on Kingpin. Just mm-hmm. 
big guy and you do, he doesn't need to be quick. He doesn't, but you just need to exude intelligence and yes. have that overall size done. I loved him in uh, Into the Spider Verse. Just, just oh, yeah. big Brock walking oh. brick of a man. That's awesome. Yeah, just, but he doesn't Driver. do. He just imposes through yeah. sheer force of confidence, will, and yeah. cunning. Uh, and you can fully see why. And then the Vincent D'Onofrio and yes. Daredevil. Yeah. It's like all the different representations. That's how good the character is. You can keep spinning them, keep. It doesn't matter yeah. who you cast in it. So long as you hit a couple metrics, the character's fine. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I loved uh, everything about Kingpin. Just a perfectly designed. How can we bring the mob into this and organize yeah. crime without turning into a gangster comic? Mm. Uh, and the idea that who who would be the figurehead of a crime family in a superhero world? Yeah. And instead of making him some big, grandiose, ridiculous individual, be like, now let's just make him five times the size of everybody else <laughs> and really smart. And you're like, yeah, okay. All right. I like yeah. that. That's what I like about Wilson Fisk. There is this um, uh, overwhelming, unsettling, uns- I don't know. He, he unsettles you because he's so big, mm-hmm. but he's not like Rhino or Juggernaut or any of these guys. He's intelligent. And, uh, but he's got this kind of softer side to himself, which I love that they threw that into Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Like they had that in, in, into the Spider-Verse, his connection with his wife and his kid. Like that's the thing that's in the back of Kingpin for everything that he does. And some of the terrible decisions that he makes and the brutal, um, executions for lack of a better term that he carries out. Um, there is some, still some semblance of him that understands the concept of love, you know? And so, it's a nice color to throw on him when you see him as this kind of stoic, imposing figure who is essentially moving his way through the underworld of of, uh, of uh, New York there to become the kingpin of crime. And then he's fucked with Matt Murdock, with Daredevil, messed yeah. with Spider-Man, messed with the Punisher. Messed yeah, with anybody in New York. Level. Yeah, anybody in New York. These street-level uh, heroes kingpin eventually comes face to face with even in the mad fraction or in a hawkeye which we're seeing now in in the hawkeye series kingpin is a part of that and it was alluded to in episode three and i haven't watched episode spoilers so i don't know if we're gonna get spoilers all i'm saying it's alluded to uh and i haven't seen episode four yet Uh, i will be watching it right after we're done with our shows um but i think it's there as well so this idea that kingpin is able to be a villain and a foil for so many different heroes also speaks to the kind of um, uh, energy, a kind of force of nature that he is in, in the world well, I mean, of Marvel. And he's he always is, messing with Spider-Man. It's basically like, uh, I feel like on some level, Jabba the Hutt, they stole <laughs> a lot a of what point. Jabba is. Um, because everybody else has, you know, force powers and they've got these big, huge armies and whatnot. It's just like, nah, yeah. man, I just have, I run crime. Right. There's always going to be crime. So somebody needs to be basically, you know, organizing all of this. Otherwise, it's just going to be utter chaos. And, you know, I line my pockets a little bit more than than the rest. Right. Uh, But, yeah, it's there is the size, but it's mainly about his wits and intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. He's more than happy to exact whatever punishment needs to be done and uh, inflict his will upon others. But he's also trying to think three, four steps ahead. Yeah. And he's not you know imbued he wasn't bit by a spider no he's just naturally he took his 
weight his natural obesity and turned it into this uh, massive muscular frame and trained himself as a fighter and still trains himself as a fighter so he can be sharp at a moment's notice. And that's one of the things you admire about Kingpin as a as a character. He's not a natural um I'm sorry, he's not an unnaturally gifted um villain with some kind of outside force affecting his strength. He's just naturally that strong. It's mm-hmm. uh it's crazy. Like when he's grabbing Spider-Man and like grabbing him by the throat and putting him down on the ground, it's really unsettling, you know. Uh so what do you have at two? Uh so then my two is uh, Jay Jonah Jameson. That's right. Jay Jonah Jameson, Matt Nost. He is a villain. You're calling him a villain? He is an absolute villain. What are you talking about? He hates Spider-Man. He turns the public against Spider-Man all the time. He foments okay. dissension amongst the amongst the uh, New York citizens. Listen, so what are you saying about January 6th? What exactly <laughs> are you saying right now? Go ahead. I'm saying, I'm saying they're all villains. I, I, In my opinion, that's why J. Jonah Jameson is – I had to put him at the top, and I know it's controversial. As I said, my list is going to be controversial, but when I think of of some of Spider-Man villain, I think of uh, you know these 10 people, but I also think of J. Jonah Jameson having his case. own special place because he uses the power that he – the only power that he has, which is the media, his newspapers – and that you could argue reaches way a bigger audience consistently every day than one villain showing up for a, a few days for Spider-Man to fight. This guy is constantly berating Spider-Man. I mean, costly messing yeah, with trying him. to undermine him, find yes. all the worst problems of him mentally. And and Peter Parker has to work for him. That's a that's a mind mind f on so many mind fuck on so many levels that I have to rely on you for my paycheck but you're also destroying my alter ego. And that's why he's a villain. He's not a villain in the classic sense that he can physically fight anybody. He's just a villain in the fact that he's, he's attacking him constantly every day on a mental level, on a spiritual level and uh, turning New Yorkers against him all the time. Um, and that's why I think when he yeah, popped except- back up again in the, in the movies, that was brilliant. Yeah. And, and not to, to undercut, I think it's an excellent choice. I didn't, I didn't view. Mm. The list like that. I literally started with the Sinister Six, and then I just kept moving down like other yeah, villains I could think totally of. Totally get it. Uh, yes, he's trying to change the public view, but anytime the public interacts with Spidey, they all go, "God, I love Spider Man." Every have you ever seen? Well, yeah, I right. guess there have been instances within the comics, but usually yeah. it's like, "Ah, fuck you know, fuck that guy. This guy's awesome." Yeah, on an individual level, but you know how many people in New York, with all the millions of people in New York, are interacting with Spidey on an individual level? They're not. Jay Jonason, Jay Jonah Jonah Jameson is interacting with thousands, if not millions of readers every day with his rhetoric about Spider-Man. So he is winning the um, pop culture war, uh, at least in New York. And there are probably a lot of people who he's helping shape the discussion. Exactly. And look, as we're seeing, as we're going into phase four of the MCU, it's very much about exposing the issues that these heroes um, have caused to people in their lives and the damage they've done in bringing 5 billion people back or whatever it was, uh, uh, half the the planet back. We're looking at these decisions these heroes have made and the consequences of them. And it's the little guy and the little girl, a little woman that has to pay for these decisions and where they're going to run to. But the media that gives them a voice to complain about these heroes, J. Jonah Jameson, no superpower, no wings, no nothing. 
but he's got the power of the media, and that can be almost more powerful than anything you can come up in a lab. So come up with in a lab. That's, uh, that's my yeah. decision. You say that, but then the next guy we both have came up with his shit in a lab. Yeah, so. which is why he's number two. Number uh, Jay Jonas is number two. This guy's number one. Well, you're just saying though. That's what makes him so great is he didn't have to do this stuff in a lab. And both our number ones basically is a lab. You know, <laughs> well, no. Rat. What I said was that it might be as powerful as anything that comes that he can come up with in a lab. Is what I'm saying. It's an, it, look, it's an interesting choice, and you made yeah. a hell of a case. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, all right, let's get to our number ones, which are the same ones, I imagine, right? It has to be. It's Doc Ock. Doc Ock, absolutely. In, Great in, name. Yeah. Great character. I even, uh, as bad as the bowl cut is, loved it. <laughs> Me too. It, it, it's perfect for a villain. It's, it's perfect, perfect for him. Yeah. It's perfect for him. Yeah. And when they announced that they were doing Doc Ock for Spidey 2, and I was yeah. like, oh, please get it right. And the fact that Molina's easily my favorite of mm -hmm. the Spidey villains that have come out and oh yeah i don't the longer it goes the less i go in for the toby Maguire uh spider-man's at this point. oh yeah they don't hold up like they used to i agree with that now and i don't i he could be my least favorite of the mm -hmm. representations of spider-man yeah yeah um but i'll be damned if alvin merlina and doc ock and then doc ock in comics isn't still my favorite uh just flat yeah. out awesome to have grafted onto his back metallic arms. I mean, when they did the him going up the side of a building in the yeah. movie, I geeked out in the theater. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I've been waiting to see something like that since they started doing superhero films. Yeah. That coupled with when they're trying to pull the arms off and the arms go sentient and then they go to the panel shots as mm. if like an actual comic book. Yeah. Um, but to see Doc Ock, I, that, and then the, bringing him back for this one i can't wait i hope there's tons of doc ock fights uh i know there's probably not gonna be but fuck man i hope we get more doc ock i want doc ock to come back just like i want red yeah. skull to come back and oh, yeah a couple other i want like a full-on we open up the dimensional and this multi-dimensional and just <laughs> let's unleash the gates on all kinds of amazing villains for big, yeah. huge epic fights, like a secret wars type of situation. Although oh secret God. wars was turning each other mostly against each other. Yeah. Uh, but still do something like that, where it's just this epic cataclysmic battle against, you know, hundreds of different characters. Yeah. Uh, but Doc Ock is the best. Yeah, I agree. A thousand percent. I mean, I, you know, they, I, it kind of made me a little angry when I watched the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer when they were, like, making fun of his name. I was like, fuck you, Otto Octavius. They're like, it's your name is Peter name. Parker. Give me a fucking break. Your name is Peter Parker. Exactly. Who are, who are you to be bashing Otto Octavius in the alliteration of his name? Give me a break. I mean, I, I, I his genius, his intelligence, um, uh, the way they turned him into a sympathetic figure in Spidey 2, as you mentioned, him being in that. He's, mm -hmm. I agree with you. He's my favorite Spider-Man villain on screen so far ever. Uh, and then you add in the arms, you add in what he can do with that. And then the Spidey too, making it seem as if the arms have taken control of him without him knowing, and then him turning him into a hero, which yeah. is why I think he's not going to be a villain in Spider-Man No Way Home. I think he's actually going to work with Spider-Man to help him uh, kind of do all the stuff that needs to get done here. I don't think he's going to be part of the Sinister Six. That's my opinion. That's my belief. Something about it feels like he's a guy who's trying to figure out what's going on here. Why has he been ripped from one dimension to another? And if there's anyone who is going to ask the right questions, it's Doc Ock. He's an intelligent, mm -hmm. intelligent guy. And yes, he's fight Spidey and he's been played in a stereotypical fashion. Yeah, he does the laugh sometimes. Uh, yeah. The, what you don't like about Green Goblin. 
Yeah, exactly. All Octavius can have a little bit of that. Exactly. But he's a formidable, formidable villain to Spider-Man all the time because of the arms, uh, kind of matching Spider-Man, you know, in terms of the fact that he's, you know, Spider-Man's got to jump around all those arms to figure it out. Oh. But also his genius, two, yeah. his intelligence. Two arms coming at him and another one's yeah. picking up boulders to throw at him. And this yeah, other exactly. one is doing all this and just having to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, and then the fact that you can't swing your way out of this because yeah. he can chase you anywhere you go. Yeah. Uh, and he is just as intelligent as you are. It's just a, one of the best, if mm-hmm. not the best villains, in my opinion, from when I read comic books. I yeah. loved nothing made me happier than seeing Doc Ock. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Every single time. I wish he'd get a run like the last hunt to turn the dot, get a doc Ock. That would be interesting to have a run like that. And maybe those of you who are comic book literate, uh, as a little bit more than Matt and I are, maybe you can let us know. Yeah, I would read it where doc Ock had that kind of, thing. yeah, if there's a run like that. I've done it with, uh, uh Batman and Superman. Yeah. Some people told me, Hey, Oh, you need to read this run specifically. Like you right. can, Cause there's just so many different runs, but like yeah. this one's really good. Like, okay, I'll go read. Like uh, I had stopped reading and then um, uh, I was told like, you need to read uh, the long Halloween. And I read that and oh, you need yeah. to read. Yeah. A few others of the Batman because yeah. Batman was always my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but I did that for some Superman and some, you know, various, but if there's a doc Ock run like that, I'll happily read it tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Be that my Christmas tough. present to myself and go out and buy it. <laughs> there you go uh all right well there's our separate lists here for the top 10 spider-man villains i'm sure some of the ones that you all love have been left off either of our lists and that's the way it goes we come up with our lists on our own that work for us subjectively and now we're going to combine these lists into one official top 10 list of the spider-man villains i'm going to grab the bongos all righty yeah so doc ock is clearly number one yes yes um, I would say Kingpin still maintains. I have him at two. You have him at four. Yes, I have him at four. I don't think we have any other commonality that uh, okay fights with that because Venom I have all the way down to ten. Yeah, it's my three. Yeah, and Lizard you have where? Uh, nine. That's my three. Okay. Uh, you don't have Rhino. You don't have Green Goblin. You don't have Sandman. And then I do otherwise, have Green have... Goblin. Green Goblin's my number eight. Oh yeah, that's four eight. Mm-hmm. And the Craven you have where? Five. Okay, so I would say Lizard. Um, because that's three nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three ten, then Venom would beat up next, then go okay. Green Goblin, and then uh Craven. Okay. That takes us one through six. So we have seven, eight, nine, and ten. Okay. Uh so what's your next highest? Uh J. Jonah Jameson at two. J. Jonah Jameson. It Damn. is nice. Nice to make it, J. Jonah. Okay. What's your next highest? Uh, Venom at three, Kingpin at four, Craven at five, Carnage at six. Do we put Carnage in? We got Rhino at five, so that beats that. Okay. We have both our sixes, which is Sandman and Carnage. Going to have to flip that, man. Yeah, we are going to have to because I have. I can't argue against Carnage because I don't really know anything outside of that that terrible movie. So and if if you out there liked it, hit me up on Twitter. Why? Yeah. What am yeah. I missing? Yeah, let them know what you mean. And don't try to say it's some kind of validation of um, the LGBTQ or trans life to bullshit. That was not what that was. That was just something they threw in there. It wasn't earned in any way, shape, or form for him to make that speech at the rave. 
Did the contents of the speech, were they great? Yes, but there was no buildup at all. No journey where he understood what that means in any way, shape, or form. So cut that nonsense out. I totally forgot about that speech. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much that movie was basically a blah to me. All right, you want to call in the air? I'll uh, sure, count you sure. down. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Heads. All right, Carnage it is. Yahoo! Finally won. Carnage and Sandman. Perfect. All right, here we go. The top 10 Spider-Man villains. Yeah. At number 10. Sandman. At number 9. Carnage. At number 8. Rhino. At number 7. J. Jonah Jameson. At number 6. Craven the Hunter. At number 5. The Green Goblin. At number four, Venom. At number three, Lizard. At number two, Kingpin. And our number one Spider-Man villain is... Is Dr. Otto Octavius, the one and only Doc Ock. That's right. Don't you dare make fun of his name, you sons of bitches. Good stuff. Good stuff here, Matt. Uh, are you excited for the sequel? Are you excited what we're going to get? Uh, if you yeah, hopefully. I mean, there's there's a slate wait. of movies coming out that I hope are you know good. That uh, yeah. uh, the new Kingsman, uh, yeah, the next Matrix, uh, yeah. Um, so there's three over the course of you know two weeks that I'm looking forward to. On top of all the Oscar movies, right, right, uh, to come. But uh, yeah, I hope it's really good. Um, you know, Far From Home wasn't exactly my cup of tea. Yeah, but. Was, homecoming was great. So. I liked Homecoming. Yeah, yeah, more than Far From Home. I agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and uh, bringing in Doctor Strange, I I've, I love what he brings to the mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. And of the standalone series, the multi-dimensional Loki has been easily my favorite. Yeah. So doing more of the multi-dimensional uh, timeline stuff, I'm all for. So I, I definitely intrigued. Can't wait to see it. Okay. You? There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'm. I've got a screening next uh, week, so I'm. I'm really excited. I got a chance. To, I'm going to get a chance to see this thing on Tuesday night. Uh, so I'm just kind of. Uh, how can I say this? I'm going in with n- no expectations, other than I hope it's a damn good movie, and I want to be taken on a hell of a ride. And I got a feeling I'm going to have to see this movie multiple times to really kind of like grasp everything they were going for. Because I have a feeling it's going to be up. It's going to be a lot. Not that they're all over the place. It's just going to be a lot. And so, um, we'll see. We'll see for sure. But I love that Doc Ock is coming back, and I love that uh, Strange you said. And for anybody who hasn't seen the What If series, I would recommend that you at least watch the two Doctor Strange episodes because that may play into this movie, which a lot of people are speculating on. So just throwing that out there for anybody. You don't have to see the whole series, but maybe those two episodes. Uh, might have something to do with what we see here in uh, No Way Home. Well, so we see. yeah, I'll let you know what I think. I'm seeing it Sunday at Zendaya's. So, oh, you are. At- <laughs> if I think if I think you're gonna enjoy it, I'll shoot you a text. Please do, please. She do. and I loved it. Also, she makes homemade popcorn. It's amazing. Does she really? Zendaya makes uh, homemade. Oh, really? She's got one of those big popping stand things. Oh, nice. In the glass case and all that jazz, and you pour it in there. And she doesn't do the the prepackaged packet crap. Right, right, right. It's all fresh ingredients. It's really good. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> good to know. Good uh-huh. to know. Anyway. All right. Good to know. All right. Let's get out of here. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, Matt, uh, what do we have to tell them? 
Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Top Ten Show. Otherwise, on Instagram and YouTube, it is forward slash the Top Ten Podcast with the number ten. So please hit us up on any of those. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, which should we have had on our list uh, this week? I'd love to hear it. And uh, you know, just like John's explanation of J. Jonah Jameson, if you make a good enough case, uh, maybe it, it would have influenced our list. Who knows? Yeah, but please hit us up on any of those. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost on Instagram and uh, Twitter. And uh, if you want to talk a little basketball, I do dropping dimes every Wednesday. Otherwise, it is settle the score on Thursdays, uh, my other show. And that is it for me this week. There you go. You can follow me at the Roke says on Twitter and on Instagram and all stuff I got going on in my own YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says. If you're on Twitch, head on over to Twitch, the Outlaw Nation, and then my other podcasts as well, the Cinephiles and the Geek Buddies that are out there for you all to consume and enjoy. All right, we're out of here. Y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10. Enjoy Spider-Man No Way Home when you see it. Ooh.